Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 of the We Are Speaking podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Good to be here once again. Okay, great. Well, well... This week, it was historic. On April 4th, which was Monday, which was also the anniversary of the assassination of of Dr. Martin Luther King, the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to bring the full confirmation of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson to the full Senate. So the way it works is that the nominee for The Supreme Court first goes to the Judiciary Committee of the Senate. The Senate has to approve all Supreme Court nominees. The House of Representatives really has nothing to do with it. That's the way the Constitution works. The President nominates and the Senate confirms. So first it went to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And those of you who were paying attention saw the... I'm trying to get the right word. (laughs) The confirmation hearings the week before the end of of March, where uh, Judge Jackson was made to, well, they got, uh, let's say the Republicans, Mm -hmm. the the Democrats, for those of us who are are TV junkies, (laughs) the Democrats, of course. News junkies, more News news junkies. (laughs) Yeah, not, not just TV junkies, but TV news junkies and news junkies, period. The Democrats, of course, played up her, her uh, not only the historic na- nature of this, but also her exceptional qualifications. And the Republicans tried, because they could not attack her on her qualifications, she is the most qualified overall of all of the current sitting justices. So they couldn't attack her that way. So they tried to attack her character. They tried to attack her faith, which was not really supposed to be brought up at all. They tried to paint her as a pedophile. I mean, all kinds, they tried to ask her to define what a woman is. Uh, so they're trying for all, number one, they tried to, what they were trying to do was make a sound bites for the upcoming election mm-hmm. season for their, for the political campaigns. I, I still can't figure out why they are doing this except to, to appease to their base. And the fact that, and, and it was partially the, oh yeah, they tried to call her socialist and radical left mm-hmm. also, even though she is um, a moderate, just like Merrick Garland was a moderate mm-hmm. when he when, when he was nominated. So 
finally, after it was it was a total of over three days, a total of twenty four hours mm-hmm. of uh, hearings that she had to go through. And as everyone knows by now, she went through them all with grace and intelligence. Of course, she knew what she was supposed to answer and what she was not supposed to answer. She knew what the gotcha questions were and got through those all correctly, of course, and, and, and with grace and class. And then on April 4th, which was, which was Monday, they voted by party lines to, it was exactly 11 to 11. They voted on April 4th? On April 4th to move her from the committee oh, right, right, to right. the full vote. Right, right. Okay. And so uh, that was Monday, April 4th. So then it was, and, and it was 11 to 11. And so it was moved out of committee to the full vote. The full vote was held on Thursday, April 6th, April 7th. And again, so this time it was the full Senate. All 100 senators had the chance to vote. And they called their names alphabetically. And so... Someone like me who was able to do so watched it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And I always turn on CNN for things like this. I mean, not CNN. I'm sorry. C-SPAN, C-SPAN right. for things like this because I don't want to hear the talking heads. <laughs> I want to just see what's going on without all of, all of the other chatter. And, when I, and, and they announced that, well, first of all, the first vote that they had to have was earlier that Thursday, April 7th, which was called cloture. And that, that means that all d- discussion is ended. And so that was done earlier on Thursday morning. And then it was announced that the full vote would be at 1.45 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. So at 1.40 p.m., I turned on C-SPAN and unfortunately <laughs> caught the last of Mitch McConnell, his, his, his last speech, talking about how terrible this was and that the Democrats were trying to stack the court. And that she, you know, she was part of the radical left, and and the Democrats are so bad. It was it was sickening. So finally, so finally, his uh, little speech was over, and the voting started. But so by the, at the beginning of the week, after it moved out of the Senate Judiciary Committee, three Republicans said they were going to vote yes: Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Susan Collins of Maine, and Mitt Romney of Utah. Susan, uh, Lisa Murkowski, as a matter of fact, sat on the Democratic side of the Senate chamber because she was determined that she was going to vote with, with the Democrats. Uh, Susan Collins sat on the Republican side and so did Mitt Romney. And that's important for what we're going to talk about and what I'm going to say in a few minutes. So it went alphabetically. And as we said, and of course, it was it was relatively close. And, and so it ended up. It, well, first of all, they went all the way through. And when they got to. Lindsey Graham, he was nowhere to be found. So they kept going because, gee, that's kind of almost in the middle of the alphabet. Then they got to Rhett and Paul. He was nowhere to be found. So finally, they got to the end of the um, alphabet, and it was 53 to 46. So one vote was missing. They finally found Lindsey Graham, who the, the dress code for the Senate chamber is that you have to wear a tie. And I'm talking about the men. So he said he didn't have a tie on, so he couldn't come into the Senate chamber. He literally said said no, yelled no when his name was called again from the cloak room because he could not deign to put on a tie to actually appear in the Senate chamber. Meanwhile, even though it wouldn't have mattered because at the end of going to the alphabet without Rand Paul, it was 53 to 46. And, of course, Vice President Harris did not have to cast a deciding vote because it was already at 53. But they had to, they knew Rand Paul was around somewhere, so they really couldn't close the vote until they heard from him. 
17 minutes later, after they went through everybody in the Senate, 17 minutes later, he opens the door and, and says that he also was not dressed correctly because he was doing something. And he stuck his hand in with a thumbs down. And that was his vote. And that was very disrespectful of both of them, of course. So finally, the vote was 53 to 47, and she was confirmed. And so then the Democratic side of the House, of the Senate, I'm sorry, including Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, I didn't see where she was. She was kind of in the middle. But of course, they broke into applause and all that kind of thing. The Republican side, they literally got up and walked out. Literally, and, and and no applause, no acknowledgement, except for Mitt Romney, who stood up on the Republican side all by himself, because Lisa Murkowski was on the Senate side, and I don't know where Susan Collins went, and applauded, because the applause, of course, lasted a long time. And it was quite obvious, the disrespect and the rudeness of the rest of the Republicans just getting up, turning their backs, and walking out. But it was a done deal. And so, of course, everyone is very, very excited. History, history is made. At the time, Vice, uh, President Biden and Judge Jackson were in the White House watching it on TV. And they did not allow a video, but they did have a still shots of the time of, of while they were watching as, as the numbers went by. And then after she was officially confirmed. So, of course, every, every post on Twitter, every post on Facebook, every post on LinkedIn was, you know, congratulating her and saying how historic this was. Out of 115, after 232 years and 115 justices, we finally have a black woman justice. And so what we want to talk about today is, okay, now it's done. And what's next? But me being the government teacher, wanted to throw in a little bit more. We literally, excuse me, we cannot technically call her Justice Jackson until the summer, because Justice Breyer, whose place she she will be taking, he does not retire until the end of this term, which is in June. And so she, she so she took one o yesterday, meaning Friday, at the White House, but she is not. She cannot be a, just, a, a true justice until she takes the other oath, which she cannot take until Justice Breyer is officially retired. So we can call her justice-to-be. We can continue to call her Judge Jackson. And people are questioning, well, is she going to stay on her post on the district appeals court? And that's kind of up in the air right now. She could say no because she might rule on some things that might be a conflict of interest later on. So we'll find out that or just uh, step down from the court of appeals and just wait until the summer when she's in a justice. And then, of course, the, the next year's Supreme Court session starts always the first Monday of October. The Supreme Court always starts the first Monday of October. So, Keith, what did you think about all that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the main thing about it is obviously the historic part, but it's also, I think, what needs to be people reminded is that it's obviously caused for celebration for obvious reasons, but this still doesn't change the balance of the court. Right. It's still six to three, and that is going to be problematic. So when you look at the difference that she can make or that she will be able to make, I think this is something that we're looking to forecast into the future in terms of changes that may happen, who's going to, who's going to step down, resign, whatever, over time, because she's relatively young, mm -hmm. you know, so she has a lot of time. Right. And so, unfortunately, some of the others on the other side do too, but as the makeup hopefully changes, we will see. I think the, but also I believe they said she was 
what was it? I think she since Thurgood Marshall she was the first defense attorney. Yeah, 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 yes. Only she and Thurgood Marshall were actual public defenders. Right, that's right. They were okay. the only. First they were only. They were the only public defenders. Which brings so, so and they call it, they call it lived experience. Mm-hmm. So she's not only bringing her lived experience as a black woman, but she's bringing her lived experience as a defense attorney and as a public defender. And this is one of the things that the right wing tried to attack her on. And those of you who are listening to this podcast, make sure to go to the We Are Speaking publication. Because the other day I wrote an article once she was confirmed about one of the things that they tried to attack her on was being a defense attorney. And for people like me and, and, and maybe like you who watches all the crime shows on TV, especially Law and Order, you know that there has to be a prosecuting attorney and a defense attorney. And no matter how horrible you may think the accused person is, they are, because of the Sixth Amendment, they are guaranteed the right to an attorney and to a trial. And so they tried to get after her because part of her career she was a defense attorney with um, the federal government. That means there was a pool of attorneys who were assigned to defend the accused terrorists at Guantanamo Bay. And she was one of them. So Senator Lindsey Graham said, oh, I bet you just all die. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the uh, accused terrorists at Guantanamo Bay. There's, there's several things wrong with that. Number one, that completely ignores the Sixth Amendment that everyone from your neighborhood shoplifter <laughs> to an accused terrorist is guaranteed a trial and, 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 and defense. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, the fact that a lot of people don't know this. He used to be a, a JAG attorney. Mm-hmm. He was with the, no, I forgot what JAG, I just, it just went off my mind with JAG. Judge Advocate General. Judge Advocate General. So he knows about being an attorney with the federal government. And so when they attack her for being a defense attorney, they are attacking the, the tenets of the Constitution. Keith? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no, what back to what I was saying. I was I was saying that I think that it's important to keep in mind obviously that that her position and her the experience that she brings, but also in terms of once again reflecting what the you know what it means you know, for the country. And I think that we we've focused we have spoken before about the amount of time of course is being sp- uh, spent understandably on the conflict in the Ukraine. But we need to focus on things like this as well in terms of what this means because this is one of the you know justice in terms of having some representation right. um, on the on the court on, on the courts, not just Supreme Court, but on the courts throughout the country. And I think we spoke obviously about what what as you said, you know what some of the things that the right was trying to bring against her, and some of those, some of the same criticisms they leveled against the vice president, Vice President Harris, was well, and and um, unfortunately by Black Americans as well, because she was a prosecutor, right? And and they were starting to try to lay lay on her about when you're putting Black people or Black men in jail. It's like that's the job. And think of it as if we com- if we're complaining about her pos- her position doing her job, but the problem is we were complaining because there's nobody that looks like us who was in that position of authority to make those kind of decisions, right? And then when they get in that position, then you start getting upset about that. Same thing happened with President Obama. Right. And, and, and you don't have the same. Hopefully, she will not receive that. She's not, she's not as much in the public eye as the president, as the vice president, in, in the same way. But I, think it's, uh, but I think that this is the kind of thing that we need to keep in, in mind, is that we need to, um, as much as we can, when we can, support those who reach those levels. Right. Because sometimes we want to put 
the world on their shoulders in terms of everything they can solve, everything they can do. And once they get in, they're going to be able to make all this huge difference, be able to change the world. And that's why I brought up, again, the thing that needs to be people need to remember is that it is historic as this is. And it's as much as we have a reason to celebrate for her recent achievement, we need to understand that this doesn't mean that now suddenly it's, it, the Supreme Court has radically changed, right. or that that she's going to be able to make, you know, or that she's going to that, that suddenly we will be getting these huge mandates from Supreme Court in favor of, of black people, right? A change of black. Number one, that's not her job, right? Number one, even if it was the majority. Just like when President Obama was president, he was president of the entire country. country right. She's he was on the president of Black America, America, right. America. She's on the Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court of Black people. Right. She's on the Supreme Court, and so people need to understand. Understand, it's an accomplishment. But our our fight is to is to obviously be recognized for everything that we have done, the contributions that black people have made but if but we also need to make the decision if we're fighting to be part of this country right. we have then we have to understand we can't just fight for us right. just like others have fought for us right. you know but we have fought we have to fight for others and also understand that every that it's it's a it's a fine line understanding you have to advocate for your own etc but also get, give when our our own reach those positions give them room to breathe exactly. give them room to move you know don't make don't make others of us who are equally qualified hesitant to seek that position right. because of that so but it's a great accomplishment right and and I'm going to let Keith speak on this because he's very uh, adamant about this the other thing the other thing that came out of this of course is the republicans are mad because they they didn't even though in the past four years they put three re very right wing justices on the court, they're very mad because the Democrats got one person on the court, and they are adamant that 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 the Democrats will never have another chance, and they they are so fo they are focused on getting back to Senate majority for that's the number one reason to get back to Senate majority, and they have said. Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, he didn't say it directly, but he said it indirectly, mm -hmm. have said that if there is another opening and they get back the majority, they will never, never even bring to the Judiciary Committee a nominee of President Biden. And that's very, very important because some of these, some of these justices are old. In my opinion... Clarence Thomas should quit or <laughs> should oh, yeah. step down because he's compromised and somebody just might get sick and die like, like Scalia did. Mm -hmm. And so that's very important. And, and Keith and I keep harping on this as hard as it is with the voting and the Republicans have made it even harder with their criminal, with, with their illegal shenanigans. Keith speak about this, about how important it is to hold on to the Senate majority. And even and, and increase it would be even better. Yeah, it, it incre increasing it is actually critical. Right. I, I think because now, as we, as we have discussed before, we have a fifty-fifty, and uh, Vice President Harris is the, is the break tie vote. And of course, we've we've heard more than enough about two two senators, Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin and, and uh, uh, Kristen Sinema, right. who have been causing us all this distress, and while we still don't have the voting rights uh, change that we need, but. The point is, is that we need, we, the, the fight that's coming up, we, we focus so, so often for on presidential elections, right. which is important. But there are so many other, other elections, Senate elections, representative elections, let alone local, but I don't want to get off track as, as I do sometimes. But the reason why it is so important to get 
more votes in the Senate is because if we had had more votes, if we had had four, you know, 54, 55, we would have voting rights now. Right, exactly. You know, many things that the Republicans are doing, they wouldn't be able to do because it'd be, it would be illegal. Exactly. The office, they would be trying to get around it. And it's hard not to get depressed in some ways when you look at what's coming in 2022 because the mistakes the Republicans made in 2020 and why they weren't able to get all they want because they, they didn't make so many, it was almost comical, the amateurish right. mistakes they made. But you don't want to laugh because they learned. Right, right. You know, and so now... What's coming is they want they as Pam said about they want the Senate and so they they have started to bend all the rules, change the laws, doing everything they can to keep us from voting and 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 to make our our make our voting power much less. Yeah, and that's why a big a big props needs to go to Georgia because yeah. because if Georgia hadn't voted twice in two months, they voted of course in in November of twenty twenty. Then they there were runoff elections because. Trump said Trump put the idea in the in in Republicans that you can't trust the elections. Mm -hmm. So Georgia voted, of course, in the presidential election in 2020. I mean, November, and then had to turn around and vote again in January of 2021. And they were voting on January 5th and January 6th. Well, no, they were voting on January 5th, which was a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And by the time the voting was completed, it was like noon, January 6th, an hour or two before the Capitol insurrection. But because both Ralph, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, both of them Democratic senators, they, they, they squeaked, they, well, they didn't squeak, they, they, they won their elections. And I say that because literally, uh, uh, Warnock's was, 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 was assured by Tuesday night. Ossoff's, they were still counting Wednesday morning. So literally they were they announced that he had won while almost almost the exact same time the Capitol insurrection was going on. But it is because of those two senators who came on board in January of 2021 that we had enough senators to bring Judge Jackson on board. And so that's why it's so important. So we say props to Georgia because they had to vote twice in two months. And it's important also, it's, it's props to Georgia, but also in terms of the why we need even more. Right. And as because we've, we've got Judge Jackson, which is important. And, if, like, and like Pam said, if it had not been for Georgia, that would not have happened. But also, it, it's so critical to look at um, for the huge numbers of right. we need, we need all the ground game, the ground game that Stacey Adam Abrams, I'm sorry, is 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 made a name for, and as, as she has pointed out, this didn't happen overnight. She just put together that ground team for of largely black women, you know, mm-hmm. for over 10, 10 a decade, mm-hmm. and 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 I believe they've expanded. I know they've expanded right. beyond Georgia now, but that ground game is incredibly important because what people need to understand now is that as depressing as it seems, and I I have all people definitely understand what it how rough it looks, but if we don't get the the ground game together, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and I'm not sophisticated enough to know everything that needs to be done because it's more than just the numbers. When right. you when you go to states like Texas or Florida or other places where they have completely revamped the rules, right. and some people get tired hearing about our ancestors, but it's it's critically important, right? You know, and we were reminded of that when the people stood in line I'll talk about Georgia, you know, right. 10, 12 hours because they knew how important it right. was. Same thing back in the fifties and sixties, what they went through. We cannot let that be in vain. 
changed. Exactly. That, that, that when, when these people stood in line and died and gave up their lives that year to do whatever is, is necessary. Right. You know, in, in 22 and beyond to keep the, and understand that the fight, as I've said repeatedly, Dr. King talked about the promised land. And I always say that, but remember, that's a sermon. There is no real promised land right. until, depending on your belief, once you pass from this life, mm-hmm. there, while, while you were on, in this plane of existence on earth, there is no kingdom, there is no city, there is no country, there's no nation. You don't maintain your freedom automatically. It doesn't just, you achieve your freedom, you get the voting rights, and then it's enshrined forever. You can sit down and not worry about it. That day never happened. Look at South Africa. We're extremely thrilled again for Judge Jackson, but just realize this is not a period. Right, right. And the same thing with 2022, if we're able to, if we have to find a way to prevail. But if we do that, that's still... Not just like when Bi- President Biden got back in, when President right. Obama got in, it was not a period. Right. And too many people thought we've gotten we've gotten racial parity when Obama got in. When Judge Jackson got, wow, it it doesn't stop. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. And and the and the Ru- the, the Russians, <laughs> the Republicans, if that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> the Republicans are going to try even harder, and they are becoming even more authoritarian. And this is going to be my last thought because we're going to talk about this again. They're becoming even more authoritarian, which is. Which is extremely frightening for the country as a whole. And like Keith said, yes, we have to think about black people, but we also have to think about the country as a whole. Because a lot of what happens to the country as a whole happens to us. And just the fact... Just the fact that the Republican Party is going to hold their CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Mm -hmm. Committee, they're going to have their CPAC in Hungary. And that they are holding up as an example the dictatorship... Of, of Orban, who is, who is the president of Hungary. And they're going out of the country. Not only are they going out of the United States to hold their, their convention, but they're going to an authoritarian state That's run right. by a dictator. That's right. That's right. And so we have to keep all this in mind. And we're going to talk about this later. So I, we'd like to know what your thoughts are. It was a very celebratory week with her being, with, with Judge Katanji Brown Jackson being confirmed. But now we have to think about what now right. and what's next. Right. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about that. And also remind you to visit our website, <laughs> Team Owens 313GCC.com to find out how we can help you with branding and marketing. If you are an independent writer or a creative and solo professional or a very small business owner. And we will see you next week. See you next week.